1: to episode 105 of the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast, brought to you by Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Patreon page, where we had another winning-ass week. Thanks to the homie Drew Dean. Drew, you crushed it. I'm proud of you.
0: Hey man, yeah, I appreciate it. It was a hectic week between uh, seeing family and friends and homecoming and a baptism and then also providing the content, but glad to say that we came out on top uh, the DraftKings content was good, and the bets went 4 and one So I think everybody's happy.
1: Hell yeah. And you can have all of that by becoming a patron. All you got to do is go over to patreon.com slash garageguys, subscribe to one of the four tiers that we have available. Drew works his ass off on these rankings, just helping Garage Guys crush the game. We're, just, we're, we're killing it at life. Killing it at life. Killing it DraftKings. Fan duel. The works. I used one of Drew's DFS lineups this week that he puts out there for garage guys on the Patreon page. Let's count how many times I can say Patreon. You want to?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um so yeah, I'm using I'm using a lineup this weekend when I was in Talladega and won money. Bam. That's, that's that's all Drew, baby. Drew's making it happen. Drew can make it happen for you. Patreon.com garage guys.
0: And you just used the, the cheat sheet, right? Because you didn't have very good service. You weren't talking to me at all. That's yeah. something that's something you just used right off the off the sheet.
1: Yeah, right off the sheet. Drew Drew dropped it out. Um, I was uh, in the media center at Talladega and I checked it out, said okay, this is what we have, set my lineup, bam, money in the account on Sunday. And it was a rainy Sunday too. And I'm we'll going we'll go ahead and talk about all that. Um, so I just got back from Talladega Super Speedway. Literally like just got back. Not even fucking with you. Um the race was postponed uh till today, on Monday, but it's Tuesday now that you're listening to this. So yesterday, uh was at the the race on Monday, Sunday. It was I was at Talladega all weekend long. It has been a hell of a weekend. And Drew, like we like we had said last week, Drew was out of town as well, so it was it was busy weekends, busy on different fronts, but still very busy.
0: Yeah, I would imagine you're probably a little bit more tired than me, considering you had the extra day, and considering you were, I went pretty hard Saturday night, but I'm pretty sure you, if you if you count every <laughs> night you were out, I'm sure you uh, you had me beat for sure.
1: Oh my God. Talladega in October is, it doesn't matter when you go to Talladega, like Talladega is just wild. Literally unlike any other NASCAR race or event in the entire sport that, and that was out of some, some, some people's mouths that are very high up in the sport. Um, I met a lot of people over the weekend. I went back in April and, you know, it was my first time covering uh, a race. And so this was my second time covering a NASCAR race. Got a lot done over the weekend, uh, met a lot of really awesome people. Uh, we, we got some new fans. We got some new listeners that are listening to the show right now that are at Talladega. So what's up, guys? It was great meeting y'all, and welcome to the Garage Fam. But uh, it was amazing, man. Like literally all weekend long, just nonstop packed action. So we get there Thursday. Everybody's kind of starting to roll in. Um, we, uh, literally went to a waffle house and ate some, some, uh, some dinner at a waffle house and then went to stay at the campsite where we we're at. And we're there with a couple of my dad's friends, actually, that have been going to the race for years. So was, I've known these guys since I was like five and, um, they're just hardcore race fans and I grew up around them. So every time I go to the race, like I love being able to stay with them, like, I will be in the infield next year and I'm going to miss them, but hopefully that they're going to find a way to get to the infield too, because it just wouldn't be a race without these guys. I've I've literally went to every race with them growing up. And um, so it's fun to be able to go into the track and from a media standpoint and, you know, doing content and and meeting people and then leave out of there and just go like, you know, chill back and, and, uh, and hang out and just talk, you know, talk about the race and the drivers and whatnot. But uh, they had the, the truck, the Gander outdoor series truck race was on Saturday and then Sunday we're supposed to have the the cup race and it got rained out, um, ended up, uh, making some really cool friends, uh, guy named Hunter that was on, uh, Brad Keselowski's pit crew. Shout out to Hunter. If you're listening, awesome guy from Louisiana saints fan. So we hit it off instantly, um, watched some of the, uh, saints Jags game at Brad's, uh, pit booth and um another guy also met evan couples he uh works on daniel suarez's engine another you know great guy met him on the boulevard on a saturday night i ran into a a girl named uh, chelsea that i'd met in april um her and some of her friends were out there for the race and bumped into her and then met evan and you know for the rest of the weekend we just you know kind of all stayed together and chilled and hung out but um, got some great interviews that are up on the uh, the t- my Twitter page at Garage Guy Chase. Threw a couple up on uh, Roto Ballers NASCAR Twitter page at NASCAR DFS, and also have some up on the Garage Guys Twitter page at GGFS Podcast. But the most of everything that I did over the weekend was posted on my Instagram story, and that's can be followed at garage guy chase as well so if you didn't follow my instagram story you pretty much missed like if you wanted to see like every little thing i was doing at any given moment that's where you had that content so um i had that up there because twitter doesn't do stories if twitter did stories then i would have been on twitter all weekend why twitter should get stories
0: yeah i wonder if they're just not doing that so they don't kind of follow the pack you know i guess twitter's always been the the character limit and and Tweets and maybe they don't wanna right
1: more news oriented.
0: Yeah, I don't know if they wanna change their brand too much, but I know Instagram added story after Snapchat, right? And it kind of picked yeah. up I I've
1: literally I use Instagram stories more than I use Snapchat. Like I hardly ever use Snapchat now. Instagram is really kind of take took took over as king. And also everything you put on Instagram goes directly to Facebook stories too. So if you follow my Facebook page, GGFS Chase on Facebook, for some reason, Garage Guy Chase was taken or something happened. I don't know. But um, on my Facebook page, if you just search Garage Guy Chase, you can find it. Uh, All my stuff was posted there too. But literally, dude, I think probably the craziest stuff that happened, like out on Talladega Boulevard, you know, they literally have um, booths set up where people like have bars at their camper and like you just give donations and get drinks pretty much and there's people that are just the most wildest scene you've ever can imagine like take like um you ever been to Bayou Country Superfest? Yes. Okay. So take something like that and like take like hardcore like like a redneck Yacht club style trailer park scene, kind of like southern, like gritty, and merge it all together. And that's Talladega Boulevard.
0: It's I can, yeah, I can see that, man. I was like, I was about to say my guess would be adult spring break, but a country like redneck, dirty version of adult spring break. I don't know.
1: Yes, it is just like it's like the only place you can go and just like act extremely wild and trashy and not be judged because literally everyone there's doing the same fucking thing. It's uh, it's,
0: what's it's, the average age.
1: There were people all the way from, you know, college to 60 years old, man, that, I, that we saw out there and like everybody pretty much is just like having the, the time of their life. I I met guys that were from Louisiana actually that were in like their, you know, 40s and 50s that go every year and they just get wild and have a wild ass time. And then I met some, you know, i actually met some, uh, some, some students from Ole Miss. Um, I met a couple, I actually met, I met a guy from Hattiesburg. He was on my Instagram story. Dude had like this, uh, this like robe thing on. And I was like, yo, dude, I'm like, Are you excited for the NASCAR race? He's like, I don't even watch NASCAR, bro. He's like, I'm here for the party. <laughs> like, dude, it's like, it's just, I don't know. It's an amazing thing. So it's like, even if you don't like NASCAR, or you're not into like the sport itself, like go to Talladega and just go for the weekend and just go experience this wildness. You're, you're, you cannot experience this anywhere else in the world. I guarantee it. It is literally like, there are people, I met people from Sweden this weekend. I met people from the UK. I met people from Russia. Like, literally, like, people come all over the world to this one track. And like I said, I literally had, I'm not naming names, but I had some people that are high up in the sport that have big jobs in this sport that have said, there's nothing else like Talladega in this entire sport. There's nothing else like Talladega in this entire world. Like, it is literally a -a one-of-a-kind, the most unique party scene you will ever experience in your life it's i just i want everybody listening to the show to at least go once got to give it a shot it's where me I, and drew met
0: i was about to say that and how does it compare to that race like as an overall scene is it is it wilder is it calmer is it more people less people is there more hype around the race because it's the playoffs i mean what what was your feel
1: so for me like you know april in in october are are exactly the same uh fan standpoint it is um, but for like, you know, being for me being behind the scenes, you know, I I got to talk this weekend with with Joey Logano. I talked with Ryan Blaney, which was the race winner at Talladega. Huge congrats to Ryan, which is an awesome guy. I wrote a wrote a little paragraph about him and uh in my driver picks article on rotorballer this weekend, too. Got to uh talk with him a good bit. And then I got to talk with Matt Benedetto, I talked with um Alex Bowman. And I ran into Bubba Wallace on the boulevard which was which was hilarious we had a had us a good little chat, like I said, if you follow me on the story if you follow my story on Instagram, you saw it all but um you know they they were a lot more you could tell it was intensified like the their mindsets were very drilled um in April, it was a little bit more loose like I could walk up to some of the drivers on pit road where they were qualifying and things like that and this this time in October, like when I was out on Pit road trying to go get some video content or ask some questions. I could definitely tell that like, you know, I didn't want to approach them as much because they were constantly like in conversation with their, you know, their crew chiefs, their pit crews. It was a lot more serious. Like um, I know for Joey Logano, I talked to him like the first day I was out there on Friday and, you know, I did kind of like a little humorous video with him, but basically I was just like, you know, because we always talk about how Joey Logano has a rocket ship and um, in some races, like he just has a rocket ship. So I was like, "Do you have? Did you bring the rocket ship with you this week?" Like, is it, he was like, "We better have a rocket ship." I was like it's the playoffs, and plus, at what everything that happened to him at Dover, you know, the week before, you know, he had to to do something. He made it to the round of eight. Like, he's right there at eight. He's on the cusp. So like, he's he's got to perform in Kansas next week, man. But Logano took a tough blow, man. But he he had the rocket ship, dude. That car was fast as hell, and but he took the tough blow. It was one of the one of the many wrecks that happened, but. The the wrecks it was total carnage at Dega. Uh, yeah,
0: I watched some of the race, and I talked to you a little bit about it before we hit record here. Uh, but it looked like it was the usual carnage at Talladega, and then the finish was absolutely amazing between Blaney and Newman there at the end. So that's that's what you look for. You want the carnage, and you want a good finish.
1: Yeah, hey, there was way more of that kind of action at this race than there was in april i think like the one of the worst wrecks that happened in april was uh was kyle larson's uh his his flip dude that he he flipped that car like crazy but yeah just it was an amazing race and uh, it was my first ever monday race that i've ever attended never been at talladega in my entire life where it rained out so that was the first experience that i've had with that and aside from the race man uh, a lot of people might not know, but Talladega is amazing—more amazing now than it was in April. So when you came in April, you know you kind of saw the infield—you know where the garage was over to the left—and then there really wasn't a whole lot in the middle of the track. It was just kind of like there. They've developed; they have an entire new like infield development for fans, and it is absolutely amazing. They have a a new like bar and lounge called Big Bill's. And inside of Big Bills is like, uh, you know, they have the garages for the cup drivers on each side. So the garage area for the cup drivers or the, the old garage area is now strictly for trucks and Xfinity and Arca. And the new cup garage is right there inside of the Big Bills, which is the bar and, and food area and all that. So fans can literally be in there, go get a beer, and then go turn left and walk into the garage and see all the crews working on uh, the cars and stuff. So absolutely amazing from a fan standpoint. They have like a new area where, um, you know, they have a little kids area where they can play, way more TV screens. Victory Lane is open. The, The public that are in the garage experience, like if you have that pass for the garage experience, you can be in there at Victory Lane, and that's something that not a lot of people get to do at other tracks. Um, they don't have it really open to the public. So Talladega has that now, and and like I said, Ryan Blaney getting to win that race, man, um, it was. I mean, Talladega is a huge toss-up, dude. It's just all about staying out of the big one and um, getting those long runs. And but Blaney prevailed, man. Pulled through, and uh, they they were they were pumped, man. And I'm pumped for him because I know he's been ready. He's been itching to get him a win. So him getting a win was awesome. He deserved it, man. And like I said, now he's going to keep pushing in the playoffs and I don't know, just a hell of a sport. And, and every time that I, I go to these tracks and, you know, I watch racing every Sunday now, like it hasn't changed at all. I'm, I'm still writing my articles, but every time I go to that track, man, it just it reinvigorates me in my love for that sport. And just like, cause now even though that I'm covering it from a media standpoint i still have that fan in me you know what i mean like so just i am so excited about the sport and where it's headed also shout out ryan vargas he's one of the nascar next drivers coming up i ran into him in the garage area um awesome guy if you're not following ryan go go look him up he's on the come up him and haley deegan are two of the big uh, nascar next drivers right now so ryan's doing awesome stuff and uh he just dropped a new uh Talladega remix video on YouTube, so everybody should go check that out. But Ryan's an awesome guy. Met Richard Childress, by the way, which was just incredible. And then they the pit car was Dale Earnhardt's number three from the year two thousand, and Richard Childress drove it. Not the pit car, the pace car. Drove that around the track on Sunday, just like floored it, man. It was it was electrifying. Like it was just this was probably the best weekend that I've ever had at Talladega in my entire life. I'll put it that way. That That's how good this weekend.
0: Yeah, man. Hats off to you. I wanted to tell you, um, you know, did a great job balancing out, having fun and also getting some content and, yeah, um and making those connections. I saw all your posts and, you know, man, just hats off to you for making sure you're not there just to just to party or just to have fun, but to also <laughs> you definitely uh, got to
1: party when you're there, though. I mean, even the drivers are partying, so I mean, you you gotta you gotta part you got you gotta have that good uh, work play balance at Talladega.
0: Hey, I heard I heard I heard your voice change when you were with uh, Bubba Wallace. I knew you <laughs> were I knew you were into something, but uh,
1: yeah, I was excited. I actually was excited to see him, man, because like you know he's been really you know he's been very vocal about his depression this year. And um, just things that he's been battling with, and so like I just love to like talk with Bubba because like I'm you know you know me I'm one of those people and all the listeners that, that are out there you guys know me like I I've, I've got such a big heart and I just want to see people happy and I want to see people having a good time no matter what they're doing in life and that's kind of like a mission of mine like aside from everything that we do with Garage Guys. Like, just me as a person, as Chase Holden. Like, I just want to see people at their best and feeling good and being happy and just living their best lives. So, getting right run in the bubble was awesome. And and like, yeah, at the end of the, the the Instagram story, like, you know, I asked him, I was like, "You've been slamming some Brad K's," and he looked at the he did, he had no idea what I was talking about because it's 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 finally starting to pick up at the tracks, though. I will say that the Brad K thing. I, I've been spreading it a little bit more, heard a couple of people c- referring to the Miller light as a Brad K, but he said he'd been, he'd been chugging some Brad K's or slamming some Brad K's as well. And, uh, and then I just literally went straight into like, just, just hype mode. Like I just wanted to get, but I wanted to see Bubba get excited and he did. He got pumped with me, dude. And I was just hyping him up, you know, told him we're gonna get that 43. We're going to try to get that win. Like, you know, King shit, just like pumping him up, man. And, it just feels good to do that. Like literally I could just walk outside of a restaurant. If I see somebody having a bad day, I just want to like grab them and just like pump them up. Like there's just so much awesome shit in life. Like just my, 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 my biggest thing to everyone out there is just like, no matter what you're going through, no matter what's happening in your life, like you can overcome adversity. Like you can do that shit just like be positive and just smile and don't take shit for granted and just love life. Like that's just, that's me, man. That's my message. And I just, I want everybody to feel that energy.
0: The gospel from garage Got chase.
1: Amen. I hope, uh, I got to finish watching the righteous gemstones on HBO aside from sports, but it reminds me of, uh, of uncle baby Billy. <laughs> Preach that gospel out there. Preach so. <laughs> That'll be that. I
0: haven't that, watched that. it yet.
1: Yeah, that's the, the – all right, well, real quick, that, that's the, that's the garage, garage show of the week, The Righteous Gemstones. Get HBO and go watch it. It won't go any further than that. But uh, there you yeah. go. I'm ready for Daytona, Drew. I am. We're, uh, me and Drew, uh, we got full plans to be in Daytona in February for the 500. That's going to be electric.
0: Yeah, I'm stoked for that. I haven't been to Daytona. I don't know if you have, but – I never
1: have. Crown- it'll be It'll be our first time at Daytona.
0: Man, it's gonna be electric!
1: Yeah, crown jewel. I've already, I've already been talking to some people about it today, and they're they're just as pumped that we're gonna be there. So it's gonna be electric. NASCAR's on the come up. Don't sleep on it. So now let's get into some NFL talk. So of course, um, I didn't get to watch basically any football at all this weekend. On the ride home from Dega, I was literally sitting in the car, going over uh, fantasy scores on my phone. I was checking all of my uh, my lineups and stuff like I think this has been the first full weekend where like I have just not paid attention to football. And when I was on the ride home, I was just like, it all started like coming at me and I was just like, I was like, Oh my God, like I got to catch up on football. I was like,
0: yeah, I was about to ask you, man, like when's the last time, when's the last time you, you missed the whole weekend slate years?
1: Never, never bro. And like, literally like I remember in, the last time I went to an October race in Talladega was 2017. And I was literally, well, that was before I was doing what I'm doing now, but I was in the stands with my dad and my buddy, and the race was happening, and I was on my fall check and checking fantasy scores. Like, so this was the the first f- like full week of football that I just did not watch. So yeah, it's it's very weird. So I caught up on it um, on the way home. I I didn't get to catch any of the the Packers Lions game, but I, I was on Twitter and I saw that it was uh, a, a referee basically did the Lambo leap. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but no, but Drew, like I I'm literally you are you're taking NFL this week, man, and I I'm gonna be just chatting with you and giving you some some of my thoughts on on uh, some of these fantasy scores that I have saw, and you got you got to let the Garage Fam know know what the fuck's up, dude.
0: Hey, that's no problem. I was mainly quiet during the NASCAR spill, so it's only right that uh I start I start talking it up here a little bit towards the, the back half of the pe- of the podcast.
1: Yeah, you got to so, let's go. Let's Yeah,
0: I gotta start, man, with the the Booger McFarlane. I mean, I think we saw like the the, the best and the worst of him in the same game early in the game or or, or towards the middle of the game, he was saying something about Jimmy Graham needing needing to be double teamed. And I was like, what? Man, what what year does he think he's <laughs> in? So so that was funny. And then um, he also spent, like, time explaining to the audience what a 12-man-on-the-field penalty is. So that was really funny. How long? Man, I can't remember. It was probably (laughs) – it it was way too long for what it was. I mean, everyone in their right mind that has watched a football game knows what 12 men on the field means, but he felt the need to explain it. But I'm going to give him props, man. Like This is my first time to ever give him props. He um, actually went at the refs. He was very honest and, and candid with the audience about the referees. And I know a lot of people don't do that. They shy away from it. And the Lions kind of got screwed. I, I know a lot of people are coming to the defense saying the Lions shouldn't have been settled on field goals and they got what they deserved. But there were numerous occasions where the, it's almost like, man, I mean, I've already seen the conspiracies on Twitter, people saying that somebody was paid off. So you know, you know when you see that pop up, it's it's usually pretty bad. Um, oh yeah,
1: dude. Like I said, I literally um, got on Twitter. I saw somebody Photoshop the ref doing the Lambo leap. Um, I did see something about Booger McFarlane's fingers. I don't know if you saw that. But they were like, "What the fuck is happening to Booger McFarlane's fingers?" And like his fingers were all like crooked, and they look like tails from the crypt hands. So I don't know. Like I hope he gets those taken care of.
0: Man, uh-huh. I didn't see that, but I saw a lot of other stuff about Booger because I just read off some of the stuff and man, that's as far as drama, that's it. But production, uh, we saw Aaron Jones the owner should be very frustrated. He uh fumbled and then dropped a the touchdown pass, and we saw Jamal Williams get most of the fantasy production. So that was really frustrating. Um we do have a a somewhat of a of a big waiver pickup. Um I don't know how relevant it's going to be, depending on injuries. Geronimo Allison left the game with a concussion and a possible chest injury. So we have a, a, a possible newcomer in um, the wide receiver core for the Green Bay Packers, and that's through a guy named Alan Lazard. I'm not going to act like I know anything about him, but he looked amazing in the game for about a quarter and a half, had a touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers. So if you're if you're needing a wide receiver, look to him in your um, on your waiver wire pickup this week.
1: Sounds like a guy that lived in the jungle for one year and like uh, built a tree house and came out of it and he caught like a lot of uh he like swung on vines like Tarzan and his hands got really strong so he was able to catch the ball really well. I don't I have no idea where that came from but that was one of you know that's my uh that's my, your input yeah that's my input on this Lazard guy. Uh, yeah, I
0: almost called him I almost called him Lizard before I like yeah typed him in on Google real quick. But no man, I don't know anything about I mean, I'm not a football coach. I don't scout receivers, but the eye test, he looked great. And um so he's somebody to look at. And then I was gonna say one more thing about this game. Oh yeah. I needed um Aaron Jones to score twelve fantasy points to win in my main league, and of course he scores seven points and drops a touchdown. So a little upset. The
1: big story here, dude, is Jamal Williams with 26 fantasy points, dude. He had no touch. He had one. Well, one receiving touchdown, four receptions, and 104 yards. So, they like they, this is the kind of things you know. They you were you've been worried from the start with with this you know Green Bay uh, running back situation. Jamal was out, so now Jamal's back. So it's like, is it time to hit the panic button again?
0: Yeah, I think it's been panic time, man. And the most frustrating piece of this for Aaron Jones owners is he just had that monster week last week, and basically all he had to do this week was not mess up. And then he literally fumbles, and the very next possession drops a wide-open touchdown. And then that's when you saw um, Jamal Williams come in and and take over that backfield. And I text somebody this after the last play of the game, Jamal Williams slid on the ground at the one-yard line to ice the clock and let them kick a field goal for the win. The Lions were pulling the move where they just basically let them score Chase and they just backed backed away from the line of scrimmage and Jamal Williams slid down. So he's going to get major like brownie points from coaches that think he's smart and he's not fumbling. So I'm really, really concerned as Aaron Jones owner.
1: So, yeah, I'm not sure if I want to say pick up Jamal Williams yet because I think that Aaron Jones can come back. I don't think that – think that this might just be like one bad game. Like Christian McCaffrey had one bad game in, like, week two. But I'm not saying that Aaron Jones is anywhere near Christian McCaffrey. I'm just saying that these things can happen. So don't freak out just yet. But if we do see next week Jamal getting the ball a lot more and that is going to continue, then, yeah, it might be time to freak out. But I'm willing to give it one more week. We'll see.
0: Yeah, I'm still starting Aaron Jones, for the record. Um, I'm not, like, ready to, to to say that Jamal Jamal Williams is the guy – but if we take away last week's game where he was out for injury, it's pretty it's pretty close in terms of where those snaps are going.
1: Well, since we didn't get to cover the Thursday night game because we dropped the show um, before the Thursday game, we got we got to talk a little about the Giants Patriots game, which is another game. Like I, I watched like like literally like a few like bits and pieces. I know that Golden Tate came back in a big way. Daniel Jones did not have fantasy points, but I feel like he had more than people probably thought he would have playing the Patriots. This was not a, uh, this was not a normal game in the beginning. I kind of was like wondering if like the giants were just seriously like that uh, much of kryptonite to the Patriots.
0: Yeah, it's definitely, you saw the, the Twitter haters, the Twitter Patriot haters come out pretty, pretty early in the game. Tom Brady had an interception. Um, Looks like him and Edelman were not on the same page. Probably one of the first times in their careers. Um, But you're right. Jones did okay, but had some really, really bad interceptions. The story of the game was the Patriots' defense again, and then the Patriots' offense did pick it up in the second half. I did want to highlight uh, Mr. Mr. Gunner Oshetsky. I don't know if I'm saying his name, his last name correctly, but I knew you were gonna love him. So the first thing I showed you on Twitter today <laughs> was was Gunner.
1: Yes. So this guy is an absolute force. He's a wide receiver for the Pats. Dude has. There's a picture. It's a tweet from uh, Albert Breer, and uh, it says, "Why can't Gunner Olszewski be catching passes from Gardner Minshew?" Dude has a tank top on. He's got his family crest tattooed on his arm and wearing a green bass pro shops hat. Dude looks like he straight up came out of like the swamp in Louisiana. Like this dude hunt was hunting a gator before he reported to the game. And he had to like, he, I could just hear it now. Like Bill, like Bill Belichick's like sitting on the sideline. He's like, man I'm sorry coach i I was just having to get my gators out there. I was having to make sure they got their chicken on the stream. We gotta make sure we're cutting it up and getting it back to them. but I'm ready catching footballs man and he's like literally like in his backpack like he's got um he's got like a fish skinner and he's got his football gloves and then he also had like uh, he has a can of dip and he's got a bucket of earthworms for fishing bait. That's what this guy carries with him to every NFL game. That is, that's a guaranteed fact after this photo.
0: Guys yeah, him. that's spot on, man. He's like 160 pounds, or he looks super light. Just looks like uh, – I saw where he was a, def- a defensive back and punt returner in college, and he's an undrafted guy, just typical Bill Belichick signing. Looks like he's going to be the next Danny Amendola. But I don't know, man. It's going to have to take some injuries for him to stay on the field, but he, he filled the void for the number three receiver after a Josh Gordon injury. So – so, yeah. yeah.
1: That was another that was another kind of blow. But did Josh, did Josh come back in the game at all?
0: I don't think he ended up returning. I know he was on the bike at one point warming up, but I don't think he returned. I remember
1: I saw a clip of him somewhere. But, yeah, I looked at his fantasy points. I think he only had, like, like one point or so. Like, he didn't really do anything. But hope he can get back from injury. And also the, the news is now that uh, N'Kill Harry should be uh, – they're talking about bringing him off of IR. So, he might be coming back in. Um, he might be coming in for his debut maybe uh, next week.
0: Yeah, the the offense definitely is the big question right now. The O-line's banged up and not not doing too well, and they haven't been able to establish the run game, really. So they need some help somewhere, man. And um, other than that, they're going to be relying on their defense and, and Tom Brady just to get enough points to win. So we're on to, you know, basically until they either make a trade or there's a lot of rumors about A.J. Green and – I think the Stefan the Diggs rumors are probably going to be over after that performance, but there's a lot of receivers on the market.
1: So the Patriots can be scored on. Next week, do you think that that 14 will turn into a 21?
0: Ah, Man, Darnold looked good, that's for sure, but I, I don't know, man. The Golden Tate play was really um very, very fortunate for the Giants. It was really good coverage, and it kind of just went their way. I don't know. I don't think that the 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 scoring of that fourteen points really holds any any merit to me as far as it increasing. Um, it seems like you think so, though.
1: Yeah, I don't know. The Patriot do the Patriots have the Jets next week.
0: Yep, they have the uh, Jets next week, and I believe that's an away game for the Patriots. So it's Jets got them at home.
1: The Meadowlands. The that's, Meadowlands. Can't wait to talk about them Jets, man. We'll get there, but. Uh... Let's go to uh, the Panthers and Buccaneers game. Um, Jameis Winston was in uh, was in full shine, full form for this one, doing everything that I knew he could do. Those five interceptions.
0: <laughs> yeah, it feels like we're due for two or three of these per year, right? So I don't think it was too big of a shocker for anyone, but I don't know, man. Typical Jameis, after a few decent performances, he um, puts up a five interception and maybe – I want to say two fumbles, so that's just not a not a good look for Jameis.
1: That's just that's Jameis, dude. Like, and and what's up? Okay, so what's up with the uh, the 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 constant OJ Howard is coming uh, tweets? I, I'm seeing these press releases every week. OJ Howard is coming. OJ Howard came with the whole five point five fantasy points, and that's probably all he's going to come with for the rest of the season. OJ Howard is done, and uh, he'll he'll have. One game, one game where he goes off this whole season. That's it. One game. We
0: think he's not good or not being used. Cause I've saw some people saying he needs to be traded.
1: He needs to be traded. He could be yeah. used completely different. Like it's just the, the bucks and the tight ends. I don't know what it is with that team, man. It's just, it's not like Cameron break is the guy like, because they're only going to use that tight end in the red zone situations. It's like, it's the same way that Kyle Rudolph has been used in Minnesota for like ever. You know what I mean? Like it's that—that's just the way that it it happens. And obviously, it doesn't matter who the coach is because Jameis is just gonna do what the fuck he wants to do. <laughs> He's gonna make sure he throws that ball to Cameron Brait around the end zone. Cameron Brait had like twelve fantasy points. I don't even know if he had a touchdown. I don't have his stats pulled up right by me, but. Like, I saw that he had the 12 fantasy points, but it's like Cameron braced the, the tight end there, obviously. Like, like throw O.J. Howard out the window. If you're still holding on to O.J. Howard, you're doing yourself an injustice.
0: Yeah, it, it was your typical Cameron Braid, like one touchdown, probably like one catch or two catches. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's what they do there. And if you drafted O.J. Howard early, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, all, there were so many people that were so high on him. And I was just kind of like, mm, okay, but Cameron Bray's there too. Like, it's just that's, that's the way it rolls there, man. I, there's nothing else to say about it. Um, we saw uh, – I don't even know how to say this name. Jer <clears throat> Um I, I'm butchering that completely. He had a, a touchdown. That's one of the uh, – the rookie Oh,
0: yeah. Guys. Hey, this was the guy that Crazy Earl called about.
1: Yeah, Crazy Earl had had, it, had a big thing for him. And uh, shout-out to Crazy Earl because he, he got his Tannehill. He got him some Tannehill this week. So
0: wow, huge weekend for yeah. Crazy Earl.
1: Cra- crazy Earl, give give us a call, man. We miss you. Let's let's talk about this this Tannehill guy and, and this de- Dari Ogawaga. Waga. Yeah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> <But> sorry. <that's, laughs> no, no,
0: that's their that's gonna be their third down like guy when they're trailing by two touchdowns. Everybody has one of those one of those backs, um, but nothing more than that. Um, I, I don't know if you saw this chase, but. One piece of news for this game is Cam Newton's possibly coming back to practice, so that's going to be interesting to monitor because the 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 Panthers are undefeated with um, Kyle Allen and basically going with a pocket passer and then utilizing Christian McCaffrey has has led to them being undefeated with with Kyle Allen. So, what's your thoughts on on Cam coming back?
1: So I've heard a lot about Cam. I've heard a lot of rumors, people talking about, you know, the, just trade Cam, let him go. Um, I talked to a few people today that didn't even realize that Cam had came out with a YouTube video discussing his injury and why he's not playing. And it's very important. If you haven't seen that, go go look it up. Like he literally sat down. He's got his he's got his frilly little uh ascot from K on or from K Dos. And um, you know, he's wearing his, his nice linens. I guess you would say his curtains and um, (laughs) he's drinking a glass of wine and smoking a cigar. And he's just sitting there talking about how he just doesn't want to play because he can't run and can't be Cam Newton. So he's not going to play if he can't do that. And this is what happens. This is the NFL. I don't care who you are. This stuff happens every week, any given Sunday, next man up mentality. At the end of the day, this is a business. These teams want to win. This isn't the Carolina Cam Newtons. I, I have respect for Cam for coming out and saying what he said. But Kyle Allen doing what he's doing, the team's winning. Well, they don't need to change anything. So, and, and I think they're also saying that Kyle Allen is probably still going to be the starter. And, and I, I agree with that. Like They're in a rhythm. Don't break that rhythm.
0: Yeah, I don't see how you can really bench him unless I mean I don't I don't know what kind of politics are going on there, what kind of organization the the Panthers have in terms of the the inner the inner business um politics, but I, I'm with Kyle Allen until until he collapses. I also
1: want to say this, Jameis Winston is the only quarterback that could put up the same amount of points as the defense that he's playing against. <laughs> like <200 laughs> fantasy points. For Jameis Winston and for the Panthers' defense. Incredible. Incredible. Oh, That's man. so true. McCaffrey with 21. You know, McCaffrey got over the 20 hump. As long as McCaffrey's getting over the 20 hump, it's fine, because you know you're going to get a lot more games where he's doing better. But uh, yeah, Curtis Samuel with 23 fantasy points is awesome to see. Curt- Curtis had him a, a really good game. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, Curtis was the highest-scoring Panther uh, on Sunday. So, shout-out to Curtis Samuel.
0: So, I think that's enough for the, the Bucks and, and Panthers game. I want to move on to the ravens Bengals. I um, want to do this one kind of quick. Um, quick shout-out to Alden Tate. He had 12 targets. So, for some reason, he's on your waiver. He shouldn't be. But if he is, go, go, ahead, go ahead and give Mr. Alden Tate a look as he's emerged as wide receiver two. Um, I'll let you um, talk crap about Joe Mixon. <laughs> and then the Ravens side of the ball, man, um, they spread it around. Lamar Jackson passed it to everybody a little bit to, to each receiver. But the main guy was Mark Andrews. And the only other, other note there is we finally saw the Lamar Jackson big rushing game. So I think he had over 150 yards rushing. But, yeah, I'll turn it over to you for the Joe Mixon.
1: Dude, so uh, before I – I really don't have much to say about Joe Mixon, honestly. Like, it's five fantasy points. I've been saying it every week. Joe Mixon sucks. Um, if you draft – like, he just drafted in the first round. Like, he was like a first-round guy for a lot of people. Just it, – it's Joe Mixon. It's the Bengals. Um, he's not Le'Veon Bell. As much as people want to c- continue to compare him and how he is to Le'Veon Bell, he is nothing like Le'Veon Bell. And I think people finally have have understood that. Um, he just he sucks. He absolutely sucks. And there's no excuse to even play him at this point. Like, just get get off of the, the Bengals run game because it's shit. It's absolute shit. Uh, my, my big thing about this is I feel like the Ravens should have really done a way better job on defense with the Bengals. Like that, that kind of makes me, you know, a little concerned for them like what they just got beat by the Browns last week
0: yeah man they're barely beating some of these teams that they should be handling easily I know we've talked about that a lot on the podcast that once the Ravens get some some better competition I think me and you were kind of consensus that we're worried about these guys a little bit
1: yeah it's just like you know they came out so strong but um you know Lamar with 33 fantasy points I mean that's Lamar's having a great fantasy year, um, and. Um and that's, I don't think that that production is going to stop, but it's just one of those teams where you want Lamar Jackson, and then you're going to have your ups and downs with, with Mark Ingram. But it's who are you throwing the ball to really. I mean, that's what it all comes down to. Mark Andrews is the number one target in that offense. He had 14.9 fantasy points. Couldn't ask for more from a tight end. That's good tight end production. I just, I, I don't think that the Ravens are everything that everyone said they were. and I think that we're going to continue to see, you know, a little bit of a regression before it just kind of coasts.
0: And- yeah, they're one of my prime teams, man, because the AFC is so down this year. Like you got the Patriots, then really with the Chiefs struggling and Houston, maybe it's the second best team, but there's a lot of teams trying to be the number two team right now, and no one's stepping up. So the Ravens are actually my number one candidate that needs to make some trades. I wouldn't mind seeing them improve their defense, which is struggling, and then also looking for a receiver. They definitely need to take advantage of the down year in the AFC.
1: Big facts. Just let let the Browns come back and find their way. Um, (laughs) And speaking of the Browns, uh, almost beat the Seahawks.
0: Mayfield had a better-ish game when Nick Chubb had a good game. So Nick Chubb rushed for 122 yards and two touchdowns, and – We've seen now, I think, two or three games now that Chubb, Chubb has played well, has led to Baker playing better. But this interception issue is, is bad, man. I mean, I saw something where he's leading the league in interceptions since entering the league. So, it's not going away.
1: Yeah, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, maybe it's the reason that led me to start Gardner Minshew over Baker Mayfield. So, that, that didn't turn out too hot. <laughs> <laughs> Against <laughs> your was- Saints, too. Yeah, I guess the Saints. But I mean even even the weeks before, like I had Baker in a dynasty league and I have Gardner and, and I put Gardner in over him. I've been playing Gardner pretty much every week. Just because Baker has yeah, he's been he's been a huge just letdown this season. So and and I don't think that uh, that anything that can be said in the media is, is gonna get to a point to where it's gonna like fire him up to the point because like if we would have saw that like we should have saw that by now like that spark out of him and that fire out of him it's uh it's it's gonna be one of those weird things but I feel like maybe like we're week six I feel like maybe by week eight some things can turn around man I I, want to see that but you're absolutely right when it comes to Nick Chubb man he is killing the game um he's he's the player to own in Cleveland right now
0: yep for sure and um Last note on the Cleveland before switching to Seattle. Um, uh, Odell eclipsed the hundred yard mark, but still haven't seen quite the numbers we want out of him overall. Um, I do want to talk to you quickly about the about the Seahawks side. We saw Chris Carson do his thing with twenty four touches, so no concern with him not getting enough carries. He had a, another touchdown and over a hundred yards rushing. Uh, the the big The big news here is Will Disley. I know, mean you are bummed about this. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, hard, bro. Oh, man!
1: Uh, i was sitting in the media center uh on sunday about 12 o'clock before the race got rained out and i'm looking on my lineup and i just see a goose egg and i'm like what the fuck and then i look into it more and then i find out that he's hurt and he's out i think it's like an achilles maybe
0: Yeah, it's season-ending, and it's not good. And I'm really worried about what it's going to do to this offense. Um, Russell Wilson. Uh, (laughs) Go ahead and get it all out. Go ahead and get it all out.
1: Um, I'm sad. This makes the Hunter Henry thing even worse.
0: It does. Did
1: we we even told – yeah, the listeners know. The listeners know. God, it hurts, man.
0: Yeah, when I saw this, I kind of felt bad, but – Man, I am worried about what this is going to do to the offense. I know Russell Wilson is an MVP candidate right now, but um, Luke Wilson's not not Will Disley. So, I'm, I know me and you talked before the podcast that we think maybe we'll see more of Metcalf stepping up. Maybe we see more Jaron Brown stepping up. He had two touchdowns this game. Uh, so, maybe he's the red zone target.
1: Jeron Brown is my hot boy waiver wire pickup this week. Um, with, with Will Disley being done, you're absolutely right. I don't see any Luke, Luke Wilson, whatever, Canada, Canada guy. Don't see no Canada guy. There's going to be a lot of blame Canada probably being shouted because I don't think that he's going to be able to, to support the same way that Will Disley did. So I am looking at Jerron Brown, man. Though uh, He's, he's going to be a hot waiver wire pickup. So I'm calling it on that one. But, yeah, 29 receiving yards, two touchdowns. This is going to be a guy that he'll probably be looking at in the red zone. Go get you some Jerron Brown. Hurry before he's all gone.
0: Especially with, you know, Metcalf being up and down and consistent. I couldn't agree more. So, let's move on to the Saints-Jaguars. I'm, I don't want to spend as much time as usual on the Saints, but I'll I'll let you take over if you uh, think we think you need to cover something. But it was such an ugly game, and we finally yeah. Saw, yeah, I saw Minshew kind of struggle, man. I was disappointed to see Minshew struggle.
1: And, and, and who would have thought it would have been the Saints? I would have thought that uh, the week before we would have saw more of a struggle, but. Um, the Saints was the one they had 11 fantasy points on defense uh, in, in one of my leagues. I started the Saints defense, started Gardner. He only had like five fantasy points that I saw. Um, DJ Chark only had seven. It was just uh, it was just kind of a, a weird game, man, but I'm happy for the Saints. Excited for them Saints.
0: Hey, that, uh, that defense is rolling. Outside of the 49ers and Patriots, I think they have the best defense in the league, the third best, so –
1: I'm loving it. I'm loving every minute of that. So can't complain there. Uh, did, like I said, did get to watch a little bit of that game. Didn't get to watch it. was more towards the end when I rolled up on it. But, um, but yeah, not, not a big fantasy day whatsoever for, for anybody.
0: So Jared I, Cook's second touchdown in a row, right? Second game with a touchdown.
1: Yeah, told you. Told y'all. Jared Cook time. It's it's here. Obviously, Teddy is in a is in a little more of a rhythm, and I think he's going to kind of rely a little bit more now on him. He's a little more comfortable with him now. So by the time Drew Brees gets back, Jared Cook's hands are going to be nice and broken, in, and it's going to be uh it's going to be fun time in New Orleans. I'm excited for that. Michael Thomas did his thing, of course, as well. Uh, it's just it's just kind of like a limbo stage right now, just with the Saints. It's just. It's kind of going to be one of those things you can obviously, you know, predict uh, the Michael Thomas and, you know, Kamara is going to get, you know, used like normal, even though he didn't have uh, the best of days.
0: Yeah, it's been kind of a down year for him, man, overall. I think he'll turn it around, though. I don't think it's – like, if you watch him play, it's not not anything he's – I don't want to say, like, man, it's all on him for the, the lack of production. It seems like it's just a year that it's not going his way.
1: Yeah, and I mean, plus two. Like I know that everybody wants to give their their shit about the Jags defense, but I mean, they can step up against the run when they want to, and that's what they did.
0: For sure, this was um, a little disappointing for me, just because they were the one loser on our on our bets this week. We went four and one, and the one loser was the Jags. But Oops. enough about the enough about this one. Unless you have any any last comments there.
1: Mm, let's go ahead and talk about this uh, this wowzer game right here. Yeah.
0: Uh yeah, Texans Chiefs, a lot of fantasy goodness here. Um, Chase me and you had gotten on the podcast, had the previous podcast, and talked about um, possibly Carlos Hyde having a good game after the way Marlon Mack rushed on this Chiefs defense. And and man, the Chiefs are struggling. They seem like they've uh, they're falling off. And I'm glad that my MVP candidate, um, Deshaun Watson, is showing out. So really proud of my my take there, as it seems like he's having one of the best years of anybody.
1: Oh yeah, 31 fantasy points for for D Watt. No, not a lot of D Hop. D Watt to D Hop action. But uh but Deshaun Watson's doing the damn thing, man. And Carlos Hyde, yeah, like he I would I'm not I'm not going to lie. Like I didn't think Carlos Hyde was going to have that kind of a day, but boy, I'm glad he did and I'm glad that I have him on some fantasy teams. Picked him up when he was uh still with Kansas City. Big believer in the Carlos Hyde Kansas City thing. And I just held on to him. And um it, in, here in Houston and it's it's working out pretty well. So I think that we we figured out that uh the Duke Johnson thing isn't uh isn't all that we thought it would be and Carlos Hyde was the one that took over. So got to love that.
0: Uh, I know you were big on Carlos Hyde, so I know you're glad to see that, even though you thought it was going to be more of a a pass attack from the Texans. But, hey, we know that's coming. We know that the the D-hop game's coming. Um, I do want to note on the Chiefs side, we still saw Kelsey kind of limited, and me and you have already discussed that, how we haven't Mm -hmm. seen him go off. Um,
1: Tyreek Hill came back, though, baby. I, I, I threw him in my lineups as soon as I saw that he was playing. Uh, he's just he's one of those guys I don't care if if the reports say they're limited this and that if he's playing in that game, there's going to be points in you uh, for anybody that benched him uh, feel sorry for you. Uh, yeah, 25 fantasy points for Tyree kill. Gotta love that. Did you, I mean, what, what did, was like the normal call for everyone just to bench him.
0: I don't think so. I I put him as a tournament only play on uh, the Patreon page, but he was very high on that tier. I think he was number one or number two in his tier. So I thought he was a great tournament play. I just didn't feel comfortable playing in the fifty fifties. So
1: right, oh, it's starry kill guys, starry kill.
0: Overall, the offense though, man, it, a little inconsistent, and and um, man, I don't know if I want to say this yet, but just the, the Mahomes season in general is starting to look a little less explosive as obviously last year was record setting but I know me and you talked one of the first podcasts I was on about how we kind of expected maybe a, a step back and if you're taking him super early in, in leagues not to expect the same exact production
1: right and the ankle too is something you got to keep an eye on and we, we talked about that already that I don't. I didn't really get to watch this game. I didn't really see, like, if there was a lot of uh, him limping or not.
0: I didn't get to watch too much of it, uh, but I did not see any major concern. So, it seems like it's either them doing a good job of recovery or concealing it. But um,
1: If that's the case, it sounds like you can't blame it on the ankle.
0: It's a <laughs> team problem.
1: Andy Reid,
0: take your team to the Waffle House
1: and fix them up. That's all I can say.
0: That's one thing Andy Reid can do. Take him yeah. to the Waffle House.
1: He can do that. Patrick Mahomes get him a big old bowl of ketchup, make him feel all better. I Reed bet Andy Reid can hit up
0: some buffet, some buffet food too.
1: Dude, he like lives at Ryan's, bro. Like Ryan's buffets and Golden Corral.
0: Like, yeah, Golden Corral I feel, like,
1: I feel like like every Tuesday, Andy Reid just like goes to the Golden Corral, sits in like a, a one of the little two seater tables by himself and just, like, sits there and puts the iPad out, watches film, and just eats all-you-can-eat fried shrimp poppers.
0: Man, I I, I was going to say, instead of having the iPad out, he just sits there and just focuses on the eating, doesn't want any technology. It's just him and the plate. That's my thought.
1: That would be a, a, a cool thing, but but then again, you got to – Andy Reid's one of those guys where I feel like he uh, he wants people to think he's mysterious. So, like – he's going to like cat a corner the iPad. So you're like wondering like what he's watching. So like you, when you see him, cause you know, all he ever wears is just like whatever he wears on the sideline. He wears that everywhere. That's his only outfit. So like, you just see him like in his full coach gear and you thinking he's watching, you know, film, but he's actually probably like watching like some like young and the restless reruns. he has <laughs> got like a, like a soft side. He likes him. He likes him, some stories, you know what I'm saying? Might be one of those guys.
0: And he looks like like a peewee coach over there, like with his gear on, and you know, like hitting, hitting up the buffet after the little league. You
1: can't down talk that man. Like dude, he's a he's a full blown man's coach. That's a man's coach, bro. Oh,
0: I love it. I'm just saying, like the way he's dressed and the way he looks at the Golden Corral would come off as somebody that just went to eat after the little league game. But he <laughs> he himself is one of the best coaches and one of my favorites in the league.
1: I would love to see Andy Reid as a little league coach. That would be an electric time.
0: Yeah. Let's let's get Andy Reid when he retires and be like, Hey, I know you can't can't stop coaching just quite yet. What what about a little league team? See if he doesn't. <laughs> that would be electric.
1: Uh, uh Redskins and Dolphins, I don't even want to talk about it, uh, except for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzmagic's Fitz Magic spec, kinda.
0: I haven't looked at the news to see if Rosen's supposed to re enter the starting lineup, but Fitzpatrick came in and gave him a shot to win and then kenyon drake dropped a touchdown or dropped a two-point conversion excuse me probably (laughs) he probably got paid by his bookie so
1: (laughs) yeah it it looked very on purpose i saw the end of that i was a little upset with preston williams i thought he was gonna have a little bit bigger of a day excuse me had to yawn there because this game was a bore um but uh, I thought he was going to have a bit, a little bit bigger of a day. He only came up with like five fantasy points, so I was a little disappointed, especially at going against the secondary the Redskins have. But uh, I will say I did give. Uh, there was two Redskins fans on Sunday at the race, and I gave them a high five and said, "Congratulations! This will be the only win you get."
0: Did they respond, or did they just like move on like they didn't hear it?
1: They were just like, "Ha ha, yeah." Ha-ha,
0: <laughs> Classic.
1: Yep, classic. He had an RG3 jersey on, so I don't know. <laughs> it, was, it was long ago. Land far, far away.
0: I yeah, did that, cop. that glimmer of hope they had for one season.
1: Yeah, the one season that was it. I did cop a badass Redskins hat though. Uh, they got a bunch of like shops across the street from the race. They have like a bunch of old throwback shit. So I got a Giants hat. I got a Redskins hat. Got a Miami Hurricanes hat and the Kansas City Chiefs hat. So they're pretty tight. I'll be wearing those in pictures probably in the next few weeks or months. We'll see.
0: All right, Eagles, Vikings. I'm going to go ahead and go straight to you on this because it's your moment. Hey, hey. It's your moment of credit for uh, Stefan Diggs. So go ahead. Take the floor.
1: I am 6-0 when deciding whether Stefan Diggs or Adam Thielen is going to have the week. And I said it. Stefan Diggs was going to have the week, and he had the best week out of any fantasy football player in the game. 46.5 fantasy points on, on DraftKings, three touchdowns, 167 receiving yards. Love it. I love it. And I love being right, but I love this too. Everybody that just counts Stefan Diggs out, like, every week, they're just like – Oh, we're done with him. We're done with them. We're done with this. Da da da. It's just like it's it's I say it every week. It's a week to week thing with these guys.
0: Yeah, I, I knew when I saw the uh the first and second touchdown, I was like, man, Chase is gonna come back with a grin on his face. So so props to you. And um I don't think the Thielen guys were too upset. He did score a touchdown and he did
1: get um, him one, but Stefan got more. That's and right. Tune in, tune in on Friday's episode to see which Minnesota Viking receiver is gonna go off on on their uh on their next game i'll have it for
0: you and we're gonna go 7-0 and yeah you're not feeling any pressure right now it's just easy picks for you
1: mm, no just just go with the gut every time Kirk cousins 31 fantasy points was, was fucking beautiful but maybe maybe kurt can can keep this shit up who knows um you think he's still fraudulent or or are things changing in the uh in the, the winds of change for the vikings
0: no when the pressure increases and they have a few tougher matchups i'm sure he'll revert back to his old ways but man i mean he has every chance to be good with that it's it's a good running attack it's two good receivers he's got all a good defense too i mean he has everything he could ask for right
1: yeah dalvin had a down week though the eagles defense is definitely better at covering the run than they are the pass i will say that 13 fantasy points for dalvin cook um still can't complain with the year he's had so far
0: for that yeah It is one thing that I'm glad you said that because I was about to skip over this, but I think you need to note or everyone needs to note that uh, Madison, uh, the rookie Madison had 14 carries and Dalvin Cook had 16. So maybe we're, maybe we're looking towards, I'm not saying it's going to be a 50-50 split by any means, but we might be seeing something closer to, to 70-30, whereas the beginning of the year, Dalvin Cook was, was getting all the production.
1: And see, that's what's crazy is like, you know, I like I said, in the beginning of the season, I just was not high on Dalvin Cook. Um, I was wrong about that. We'll fully back that the fact up that I was wrong, but uh, Madison is showing that that I mean he showed in preseason what he could do. He's showing in the regular season what he can do. So he's definitely a threat. He's definitely somebody you're gonna have to watch out for. So, but they uh, the, kudos to to Mike Zimmer and his squad for for getting Madison. They they've and more more so kudos to Gary Kubiak um, for for making it happen. So. They they got they definitely got a good thing going
0: with the run game. All right, on to the Falcons and Cardinals. Um, this is the game of no defense chase. We saw basically the Cardinals and, and Falcons march up and down the field. Uh, Matt Ryan had a huge day. Um, Kyler Murray had a good day. Just just a bunch of offense, very little defense, and then Matt Bryant missed an extra point to lose the game at the very end. I'm sure you're happy to, to hear that as a Falcons hater.
1: Beautiful battle of the birds there. Um, <laughs> we'll say that, yeah, Matt Ryan with 33 fantasy points. I mean, solid production out of him. And then the Austin Hooper, man. Uh, I threw Austin Hooper in some lineups this week too. 28.7 fantasy points. The hype is real with Austin Hooper. If you grabbed him, you, you, you're doing great. You're living life to the fullest. Um, he finally is having that big year that everyone's kind of been waiting for him to have and it's it's coming with a little more consistency now. So glad to see that for Austin. And Devonta Freeman. Gotta gotta give it to that guy. Devonta Freeman's starting to kind of have a little uptick now.
0: Yeah, that was the frustrating thing to me of the day is seeing that Matt Ryan had two passing touchdowns to Devontae Freeman, because I know everybody in DFS was playing those receivers. Yeah. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's pretty frustrating. Yeah, like uh,
1: it was just a it was a wild game script. But yeah, the Falcons suck. And uh as far as like coming into like trying to win a game, yeah, they definitely suck. And the Cardinals and they what, two wins back to back for them now?
0: Yeah, man, if they could straighten out their defense and their red zone offense, they would actually, you know, have a decent team going. So, I want to see what they can do as the season progresses. I mean, you would think they would just get better and they're going to get a good chance that will win next week against uh, the Giants. So, we'll talk about that next week.
1: Biggest game that I didn't get to watch that I'm upset about, though, um, moving on to this next one, the 49ers and the Rams. I started the 49ers defense in DFS – uh, even though they only got like 10 points, still it was, a, was an awesome value play uh, in DFS if you started them. And it just goes on to solidify that these 49ers are, in fact, real. 20-7 to 7 beat the Rams. And I told you last week Jared Goff was not going to be a good fantasy producer this week. And even with Todd Gurley out, still wasn't a good fantasy producer. Uh point twelve fantasy points, I think, in the GGFS Pro League. So uh how you feeling, man?
0: Uh wasn't the best day for golf, man. Uh <laughs> you were right on this one, but I, I did think the 49ers would win and I thought they would take it to them defensively. I just I just thought we'd see the typical thing out of golf that we see so often, which is a lot of garbage yards, a lot of garbage touchdowns. Um, but yeah, the 49ers are for real. They're gonna basically you're gonna pass on the on the um on the 49ers receivers and just play these running backs and, and George Kittle, man. Um, I, I don't think any of the receivers are, are worth playing unless you need a flex play. What do you think?
1: Yeah. The, the run game is just taken off for this 49ers team and you got to love Kittle. I keep saying Marquise Goodwin, you know, like every week, but it's just mediocre stuff. So I guess I need to stop saying Marquise Goodwin.
0: Well, I mean, I don't think it's a knock to his talent or anything. They just use all these guys. I mean, they're using Kendrick Bourne, uh, Devo Samuel, Deontay Pettis, you know, they got everybody playing. Um, I do want to note one thing on the Rams side. It was like the worst offensive performance of the week. So we don't have to go into it too much. But if Gurley misses extended time, they did start using Daryl Henderson, the rookie running back. So maybe we're going to see a split between Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson. If that's the case, just keep me away from the backfield because it's already struggling.
1: Right, it's going to be going to be poo-poo Rams. No, 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 no Jerome Bettis, no, no Gus Bus coming coming to that town. Um. Titans Broncos, I don't even want to talk about that. Oh, we gotta talk about it for for Crazy Arrow. Glad glad that uh glad that you got your Ryan Tannehill, Crazy Arrow. Even though didn't really help. Joe Flacco added on to his uh fantasy production a little bit.
0: Are the Broncos back alive? Or are they still dead?
1: No, they're still very much dead. But
0: dude, uh, that that division. I don't know if you looked at it. <laughs> it's it's looking like they um. They might have a chance.
1: The Broncos' defense is alive and well. I will say that uh, twenty-three fantasy points this past week. But yeah, the division's a little whack. Chargers are just one of those teams where. Uh, what what is the most popular thing everybody says? It's like the same game pretty much every week. They're 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 easily the most boring team in the NFL to watch. The Chargers are, the Raiders are, eh. whatever, and then who else we got the chiefs i mean yeah
0: just there's a lot of issues in that division right now man i mean the raiders are 3 and 2 i just don't believe they're going to be i mean the the raiders and the broncos are about the same in terms of hype for me they're both yeah.
1: just uh, meh they remind me kind of, of of each other and then the chargers is and the, the chargers and the chiefs are kind of well, i wouldn't say they're alike but the chargers are just mediocre as they come and the chiefs are electric when when uh, they're they're really not now this week. I, I don't even know what to say. Yeah, it's the, weird. The AFC West was was looking so hot with the Chiefs. I mean, I thought the Chiefs had it in the bag, man. Uh,
0: just, their, their defense is so bad; they can't get off the field, man. They can't get off the field at all. It's so like it's just, the
1: Saints a couple of years ago; they had the great offense, but the defense was just terrible.
0: Right. I will defend the Chargers real quick. They had more injuries than any team. I know that happens every year, but. They've had so many defensive players on IR, and, man, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be able to turn it around this year. But that's enough about that division. Um, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. I don't want to talk about the, the Titans-Broncos anymore. I've been fading the, ta- mm-hmm. the Titans all season. I'm going to keep doing so.
1: Dunzo. Uh, let's talk about this game. Uh, this is the game that I was just over the moon about. The Jets beat the Cowboys. This is incredible. This is incredible. Sam Darnold comes back in, does his damn thing. Robbie Anderson gets a shitload of points right there towards the end, um, doing what he does best. Robbie's back. If Sam's back, Robbie's back. Um,
0: Whole offense is back.
1: Dude, just incredible. Like, beat the boys. Like, the Cowboys are the biggest frauds in the NFL.
0: That division is looking bad, too. Dude, yeah, the
1: NFC East and the AFC West. uh, Wolf.
0: Yeah, the Jets. Now we just need uh, our boy to get back at tight end, uh, Mr. Uh, Herndon.
1: Yep, missing Chris. He had that little injury. He's off suspension, though. Should be anytime soon. But, dude, I think the Jets are, are officially back. I think the Jets are back on. Um, they, they've got – of course, they got, you know, a tougher game, a tougher matchup next week. But I think they're going to be able to give them a run for their money, man. I'm looking forward to it. But Ezekiel Elliott was the highest scorer in this game. Uh, with 29 fantasy points. Uh, he had the one rushing touchdown, 105 yards rushing, 47 yards receiving. So, good day for Zeke Elliott owners. Dak took a little back turn, but Sam Darnold was 23 fantasy points, man. That's that's killer.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. And the, both the receivers were interested in those guys moving forward. Um, I'll say Robbie Anderson's going to be your big play guy, but as far as targets, I mean, Darnold's looking – Jamison Crowder's way so often that it's 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 kind of scary in terms yeah, of how many targets he's, he's getting.
1: He's kind of like your floor guy, and uh, and Robbie's your ceiling guy. That's that's kind of the way I weigh him out. But the the real thing is here is is you know I'm I'm a little I'm a little concerned with Lev man, like uh, him only getting twelve fantasy points. I, I thought that he was going to have a way bigger day than he did. But is this just a testament that the Dallas has a really great run defense, or Is this just saying that Le'Veon Bell is on a new team now? And as much as we want to believe that he's still going to do those things he did in in Pittsburgh, that this is just a new team and that you've got to kind of go with the flow of Adam Gase where he wants to see that quarterback just, you know, sling that rock?
0: No, I'm not worried about it, man. Um, There were some obvious plays when they were trying to run clock where they – they should have been running the ball and they didn't. They chose to pass and it kind of led to Dallas coming back into the game. But no, the 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 reason we're disappointed in his performance this week is because he only had one target and we were seeing him get several dump downs. And I think those will come back in time. I'm not I'm not worried about Le'Veon Bell. Okay. Well
1: good. I'm glad glad you have that there. It's just been it's been a rough, rough couple of weeks. And so now that Darnold's back, maybe some things will start kind of uh Fixing themselves and getting back. So, Raiders to see Lev eat with over at least twenty a game. That's that's where you want to see on be.
0: Before we switch over to our last game, I do want to note that Amari Cooper left the game with an injury, and um, I'm not sure about the the how serious it is at this time. I saw where Jason Garrett basically said today that he wasn't sure, and they're going to consider it day to day. But obviously, if he's if he's out for extended time, we're going to see him. Go back to that Zeke ground-and-pound game, and then also Michael Gallup moves to the number one receiver.
1: Yeah, it's going to be rough. And, and Randall Cobb was out that one too. So, Tavon Austin actually came in. He had 11.4 fantasy points. Um, so, Tavon's definitely somebody to watch with uh, with, with Amari and, and Randall um, kind of having those issues. Is there any uh, any news or in-depth stuff on, uh, on on Randall Cobb, on what's going on with him?
0: I honestly didn't look up Cobb, um, but I just—I was trying to find something on Cooper and I couldn't find if people were optimistic or pessimistic. It just – we're going to have to wait and see and rely on the listeners to to check those updates out.
1: Do that for us, garage We love you. And last game we'll touch on, this Chargers-Steelers game. I actually got to catch a, a little bit of it on TV. Um, I'm, on-
0: sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm <laughs>
1: sorry. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry that you caught that on TV. That's like the worst game you could have caught.
1: So, um, <laughs> yeah, I was eating. A, I was eating steak on Sunday night. We grilled some steaks up for the last night. It's kind of like a little tradition that they uh, that that the guys I grew up with uh, camping that they do when we go to, go to Dega. But uh, I, I really don't have much to say about about this game other than the Pittsburgh Steelers defense was rocking and rolling. The fact that Hunter Henry had 30 fantasy points, and he was on your bench after he was should have been in my fat finger should have been (laughs) my starting lineup. So I was I'm a little hurt. Uh, I had insult in the wound. Yeah, man, it's bad. It's bad.
0: It's yeah, real. this game was ugly, though, man. It's like Melvin Gordon coming back has not been good for Eckler or Melvin Gordon.
1: <laughs> it's not good for the Chargers. Melvin, Melvin is just bringing that negative, negative, negative juice to them. I don't know.
0: Yeah, and That's then I'm cool. sorry, Juju uh, owners too. I mean, they're just all these QBs are just checking it down to the running backs. Juju,
1: ooh, got J- gotta love you some James Conner though. I did. I started me some James Conner, so I was a. Uh, I was happy about that move
0: for sure. I think he had the most targets and receptions on the day as a running back
1: 30 fantasy points for James Conner, one receiving and one rushing touchdown more of a PPR production uh, for Conner than, uh, than anything people uh, there's uh, receptions definitely helped him out, but good to see James Conner kind of getting back in action. He was one of my early pickups in the dynasty league and he started off kind of slow this year. So, Glad to see him picking up a little bit of steam now with all the uh, the quarterback issues and stuff that that's went down with uh with Pittsburgh. How how is Mason Rudolph? Is he still in space?
0: He's probably in another planet, so might be some more Devlin Hodges. I haven't heard a, a Rudolph update.
1: Dude, yeah, this guy. Oh man, evil can evil. Gotta love him. But yep, that's uh, that's that was Week Six. The the least watched football i have had in years and garage fam out there listening just know we'll be back strong for week seven getting you ready for the sunday slate coming up drew's going to be uh hard at work this week getting these dfs rankings ready to go i'll have some uh some of my nascar articles out this week Uh, if you guys are a little more interested in the the NASCAR stuff. We're rolling into Kansas next week. The playoffs are continuing. It's the round of eight. So I'll have all the goods there that you can check out. But uh again, patreon.com slash garage guys. Get over there today. Subscribe to your tier. Sports. Party. Repeat.